Hello and welcome to Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. Beat My Guest is a trivia podcast where each episode, one guest will take up residence in the torturous hot seat and attempt to prove that their Mensa membership was no fluke. The rules? Well, they tend to change from time to time in order to keep my guests on their toes. But for the current version of the game, the rules are about as simple as they can get. Only one question will be asked. Only one answer will be required. Get it right, you win all the glory. Get it wrong, you win all the shame. So welcome to a podcast that is guaranteed, much like our theme song, to be about eh, 75% true. And join the millions of people who are playing along at home, hoping that they too can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. Give a warm welcome into the hot seat to our returning guest. You know him, you love him, you fear him. Tim Edwards, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right, AJ. How are you doing? Doing fine, doing fine. Now, a little birdie told me, and that little birdie's name was Tim Edwards, that you have not yet listened to this season's format, so you have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. Uh, That is true. I have no idea other than some AJ Mass questions, and that's scary enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, question in this case, but we'll get to that in a second before we do that. Hey, you know, uh, not everybody's a routine listener. Clearly you're not, but not everybody's a routine listener. Why don't you give everybody a little, uh, you know, the thumbnail sketch, the elevator pitch. Who the heck are you? What are you doing here? Why should they care? Well, short answer is they need not. Uh, but uh, my name is Tim Edwards. Um, uh, by day, I run a catering company that employs youths that have experienced homelessness to get them job skills. Uh, By night, I run a trivia company. We also have a podcast known as Trivial Warfare Blitz. Uh, Listen to that. But we also do trivia nights here in Tulsa uh, and hopefully in a town near you very soon. Got two kids, one dog. That's the life. That is the life. I I, I kept waiting for you to like say, and by night, I solve crimes. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I answer. I, I write and answer questions by night. It's it's not nearly. There is no superhero movie uh, or movie period that's going to interfere with uh, my story. Well, sir, you are in for quite the uh, evening in the hot seat here. Uh, so for this season. For the uninitiated, welcome. You can learn along with Tim. Uh, There is just one question that's going to be posed to you. I am going to read to you four facts. Actually, I've already lied to you. Only three of those four facts are actually going to be true. One of those facts is, in fact, a fiction. And your job is to listen to these facts. Delve, inquire upon what these facts are try and suss out which one is indeed the fiction. And at the end of the episode, your final answer will be to that question. Which of these is not true? One question, one answer. That's all it is. All the marbles all at once. 
Now you're not going to be flying 100% blind here. Uh, there's going to be a theme that unites all four of the facts. And, uh, you know, to give you the illusion of free will, I'm going to give you the names of three of the potential categories that you can play, and you will pick one. That's the quartet we will go with. So uh, please, keeping in mind this is an audio medium, give me your thoughts as to why you're going to pick one of the following three, and here are the three you can choose from. You can choose one and done. You can choose call for Mr. Candyman. Or you could choose praise pareidolia. That's one and done. Call for Mr. Candyman. Praise pareidolia. Tim, which of these three quartets would you like to uh, try your hand at? Um, okay. Praise pareidolia. I am familiar in that I've heard pareidolia. Can I get any insight into its definition? Uh, you would not be the first <laughs> to ask. <laughs> and yes, since to get you in the, in the spirit of me rewarding you for asking questions, because I do want this to continue. Uh, pareidolia is your senses get fooled, hear things that aren't there or see things that aren't there, or you'll misinterpret the signals and come up with an improper conclusion. Uh, it's a word called pareidolia. Okay, so so then the question is: Is the praise is 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 this category praising that, or is it pareidolia that is connected to some sort of praise, whether religious or affirmative, or you know, hmm, that's an interesting call for Mister Candyman. I don't want to say that three times. And one and done. You know, let's live a little. I'm a fan of alliteration. Let's go for praise pareidolia. Okay, praise pareidolia. Everyone who passed on that thus far will be pleased to finally figure out what the heck this is all about. <laughs> so, thank you. So, uh, Tim, yeah, uh, you are going to get the praise pareidolia set. We'll find out exactly what that means in terms of the facts in just a minute uh, to let you know. And again, to remind our beloved audience in case they've forgotten. I know it's been a while between episodes. Hey, baseball season starting. Sue me. Uh, <laughs> the thing that makes the fiction a fiction is not going to be something nitpicky. So it's not going to be where I say that something happens in 1997 and I go, aha, it's 1996. I fooled you. No, okay. if I'm going to fool you, it's going to be on something that is blatantly blatantly fiction. When you, when I, when I explain at the end and tell you, you're going to go, yeah, you're right. Now, that doesn't mean that parts of the fiction can't be true. It doesn't mean it can't be based in reality. So, But there's going to be one thing in there that makes it an utter falsehood. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's where we are. You understand? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to... I'm trying to get you, but I'm not trying to get you. <laughs> right. I, I, I understand. Excellent. So with that in mind, we're going to kick things off. Fact number one. Tim, in 1994... Florida resident Diana Dizer took a bite out of her grilled cheese sandwich and gasped when she saw the face of the Virgin Mary staring back at her. She stored the sandwich in her nightstand for almost a decade before deciding to sell her holy hoagie, miraculously free from mold, on eBay, where it was purchased by a casino for $28,000. While a face does indeed seem to be visible on the mostly burnt bread, most observers say it looks more like Marilyn Monroe than Mother Mary. A few years later, the television show Glee 
aired an episode entitled Grilled Cheeses, seemingly inspired, at least in part, by Dyser's Cooking Miracle. Any questions? Oh, so many. So many. Why did people think it looked more like Marilyn Monroe than the Virgin Mary? I can't say why anyone sees anything in a certain way, other than the fact that, in my opinion, uh, looking at it, it looks a lot closer to Marilyn Monroe than the Virgin Mary. But I mean, it's one of these things, if you're primed for it, if I tell you, look at this grilled cheese with the Virgin Mary on it, you probably will see it. But if I just showed it to you and, and I said, it's a person, who does it look like? You'd probably more likely lean towards Marilyn Monroe or maybe somebody else, or maybe you wouldn't see the face at all. It is just burnt bread, actually. Right. Actually, <laughs> Right, right. And uh, why why was a casino interested in it? Um, I don't remember which casino purchased it, but it was in Las Vegas and they just had a, like a hall of oddities in their lobby. And they just wanted to put it there and have people look at it, you know, kind of like a hard rock cafe kind of thing or a planet Hollywood kind of thing where they buy a rock memorabilia, this casino, their, their thing was putting weird shit in their lobby. <laughs> it's not like they can't afford it. Right, right, right. But also, do they still have it? Because I can make a grilled cheese sandwich and I bet if I try hard enough, I could get some apparition of, of something. Uh, I'm trying to, is there a market for these again? I would say there's probably a market for for these things just in general. Um, right. So it's just a question of can you uh, can your object be easily discernible, uh, where you don't have to work too hard to see whatever it is you say it is, and then you know there are people who buy just about anything on eBay. Quite frankly, it wasn't there. Wasn't there the uh, like jar of farts that sold for like thousands of dollars? And then you know they opened it up and they said there was nothing in there. And the person said, "Well, no, you let it loose. You let it escape. That's your fault. It was in there when you bought it." Um, I think that are all the. That's all the questions I have about that one for now. Okay, yes, and we can always go back to it at the end uh, as you try to narrow it down and make your uh, final decision. Fact number two in 1996. Nashville coffee shop Bongo Java put a cinnamon bun on display that appeared to bear a striking resemblance to Mother Teresa. As word of the allegedly blessed pastry spread, the shop started to profit from merchandise featuring the bun's image. Well, word got back to Mother Teresa, and a legal battle ensued for a time. However, things really got serious on Christmas Day of 2005 when the nun bun as it came to be known, was stolen by burglars, never to be seen again. The owner of the coffee shop, Bob Bernstein, offered up a $5,000 reward for its safe return. But after so much time has passed without any <clears throat> bites, he fears the thief probably just ate it. Okay, so how long between its uh, initial uh, recognition and it being stolen? Uh, about nine years. Nine years. And uh, no one was was ever arrested for it or anything like that. They it, this they're story, still at large. Yeah, still still at large. Yeah, the story crops up every couple of years, and uh, you know, it's it's always. I, I don't even think he owns the cafe anymore. This guy, I think he's you know long since moved on from it. I mean, the draw was more the hey, take a look at the uh, 
the nun bun and buy your t-shirt that said, I saw the nun bun. Uh, and as okay. someone who has been to Nashville, I, I, I will say it's totally in line. I went to Nashville uh, the same year that Conway Twitty died. And at the Conway Twitty Museum, they were selling a t-shirt that said, I was here the year he died. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they'll just sell, this, they'll sell whatever they can sell in Nashville. What's the name <laughs> of this coffee shop? Bongo Java. Bongo Java. And it was Java a cinnamon roll. <laughs> it was a cinnamon roll that looked like Mother Teresa. What year? Uh, 1996. The 90s were wild. Okay. I, I don't think I have any other questions about this one at the All moment. Right. No problem. Then we'll move on. Fact number three. In Carl Sagan's 1995 book, The Demon Haunted World. The scientist explains the power of the human mind's ability for seeing faces where there are none to be found. After explaining the genetic rationale for this trait having been passed down from generation to generation due to its ability to aid in our species' survival, he offered up the following real-life example. In the Bolivian village of Olan Taitambo in the 15th century, a group of men were heading up the side of a volcano called Tunupa when one of them suddenly stopped in horror, claiming to see the giant face of a demon appearing in the rock. Fearing what was now apparent to all, the men fled back to lower ground just moments before the no longer dormant volcano erupted. Okay, so this, this, was a, this story was in a Carl Sagan mm-hmm. meant to illustrate that people see patterns, pareidolia. It's the very definition of pareidolia. <laughs> across cultures. Okay. Yes. Yeah. In general, uh, the, the genetic rationale is that there's a type one error and there's a type two error. So type one mm-hmm. error is like the, the bushes, the bushes shake and you think, oh, that may be a tiger. You think there's a tiger and there isn't one. Mm-hmm. You live to see another day. A type two error is you say, I don't think that's a tiger. And it is one and you get eaten. And then your genetic okay. traits do not get passed on. So yeah, okay, okay. That so that's 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 what he's talking about when he's talking about the genetic rationale for why the traits pass down because those who have this trait tend to survive. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what what Sagan book was this in? Demon Haunted World. Okay. Sounds plausible. Uh, I think I, I don't think I have any questions about this one in particular beyond those. We'll move on then to our final facts, and then we'll uh, have to start narrowing it down, and perhaps you'll. Have more inquiries as you try to suss this all out. Fact number four. It has long been known that when it comes to audio tracks, people can easily be tricked into hearing things that aren't there, especially if they've been primed to do so. A few famous examples include the Beatles' I Am the Walrus, which sounds to some like there's a secret subliminal message to smoke pot, and ACDC's Highway to Hell, where some believe that the record label changed the original written lyrics of the song to hide the fact that lead singer Bon Scott had snuck in the N-word. Still, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven probably takes the cake. Play it backwards, and you can clearly hear a lengthy secret message about Satan's power, 666, and a tool shed of suffering. Right. Okay. So the leads, the, the stairway to heaven backwards, definitely a thing. Like, you know, I, I have, I remember being in middle school and people talking about doing that and, and, uh, and very scary. 
very serious <laughs> in middle school. Uh, a Beatles song that they snuck in the message about smoking pot mm-hmm. seems a bit on the nose. Uh, I think by the time people were listening to Walrus, um, don't know that being told to smoke pot was really uh, matching the corruptibility that most listeners had at that point, probably a little uh, uh, less than. Uh, the N-word in an ACDC song, that's a new one to me. I had not heard that. And that was, that was it, it, was, it was snuck in. That wasn't back, what is it, backmasking or backtracking or, or whatever, where they, uh, that, that was just a played forward, it's hidden in there. Right. The, uh, the Beatles one and the ACDC one are played forwards, and the backwards is the Led Zeppelin. Well, with the, with the Led Zeppelin one and just the general, you know, like I am terrible at listening to lyrics. Like uh, I, I am somebody who, like I will sing a wrong lyric for 20 years and then like think to myself, you know what? The way you're singing this song in your head makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Let's look at the lyrics. And you go look at the lyrics like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I misheard that and then just ran with it. And um, that that can be spread is certainly, certainly uh, plausible. And so I feel pretty confident that we can add number four to the list of true things and narrow that down all right fair enough uh in that case then you are down to uh facts one two and three which i guess we can call uh virgin mary grilled cheese uh, mother Teresa cinnamon bun and carl sagan's volcano demon all right let's narrow it down further let's uh, see right, how we next do. next to cross off the list is the carl sagan story uh i don't have Sagan's bibliography memorized. However, I the Demon Haunted World sounds familiar, and I think that is likely the real name of one of his books. Um, the story uh, is certainly plausible, illustrates the point well that he is making, and sounds like it would mesh well with the title. And so I think. The next one to add to the true things is the Carl Sagan volcano story. In that case, then we will be down to the battle of the religious foods. <laughs> now, um, I uh, grew up Catholic, you know, and there is certainly a tradition of Virgin Mary apparitions. You know, when I was younger in the 80s, there was some place in, at the time, Yugoslavia. Not sure where it would be located now, but Medjugorje, where there were um, some kids who had uh, apparitions of Mary. Uh, and I certainly think that having the Virgin Mary on a grilled cheese falls a little bit more in line with the tradition Um and while Mother Teresa, and it sounds like this was more of a fun thing than a serious religious experience in Nashville, I think to me there rings a little bit more true with the grilled cheese. And it sounds like I, I you know, this could be what Mandela effect. I feel like I remember hearing about this, and I watched like season one of Glee. I did not watch anymore. I don't terrible with episode titles generally, but uh, grilled cheeses sounds right. I think I'm going to say that the Bongo Java cinnamon roll is not true. Very good. 
The answer has been locked in. Tim thinks that Mother Teresa and Bongo Java is the fiction. We will find out, for that is the only question that we need to have an answer to. So let's start off. Well, you were fairly certain. The first one you eliminated uh, out of hand. Because you knew for certain that Led Zeppelin has backwards message in Stairway to Heaven. You assumed the other two might also be true. And this is indeed a fact. Yes, indeed. Well, I also Uh, knew this because uh, I listened to Stairway to Heaven once and thought about it backwards and uh, went on a murderous spree and worshipped Satan for a while. So... Excellent. Excellent. I'm glad you weren't caught because <laughs> you wouldn't be here today. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the stairway to heaven is uh, a, a definitely a case of priming because what uh, Michael Shermer is uh, a guy who is skeptic and he, he does this as part of his presentation. He'll play it for people who've never heard it before. And yeah, yeah people can kind of hear 666 because they know they're listening for something. But uh, right. When you, when you actually put the words on the screen and then follow along, you can't not hear, here's to my sweet Satan. <laughs> right. This long, this long, the power is his. Yeah, he is it's, Satan. it's the uh, Manny Laurel, you know. Yes, uh, the Manny and Laurel. The, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, you know, there, there's a long history of that. Uh, Louis Louis uh, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the... the uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, obscene lyrics to Louis Louis and uh, and and all that stuff. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, they're not quite Mondegreens because this is this is backwards. So, but uh, right. yeah, and uh, Beatles, I'm the Walrus. There's there's just random sounds that uh, the Beatles say are just random sounds. But if you play the bridge, you kind of sounds like they're going pot pot. Everybody smoke pot pot pot. <laughs> everybody smoke pot. But they say it's just you know like an um pa pa um pa pa you know and yeah. like noises and stuff. But Again, once you know it's there, you're going to hear pot, pot, everybody smoke pot. Uh, the one that is fairly new, uh, I actually, it was about 10 years ago when I first uh, heard someone say this, that you know about the N-word in Highway to Hell. I'm like, no, no, I do not. Uh mm-hmm. And obviously, this is not one I'm going to repeat for you here, but <laughs> but if right. you listen to the opening lyric of Highway to Hell, living easy, living free, just you will hear the N-word in the next line. At least you will now. So... He, he says it's season ticket. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make mm, sense okay. either. Uh, no. So yes, totally true. So let's move on. You also thought that grilled cheeses and the Virgin Mary sounded like a really, really obvious thing. And yes, totally 100% true. Uh, I looked it up. Golden Palace is the casino that uh, purchased mm. it, put it in their uh, their lobby with all the other stuff that just makes a great story. People want to see it. People heard about it. People, people <laughs> love it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't imagine being like, oh my God, at Golden Palace, they've got the Virgin Mary grilled cheese. We got to go see it. Like, I, you know, but if you're there and you know it's there when you're already there, sure, you're going to take a look and take a picture, aren't you? Uh, see, yeah. Now the, I would because I was like, no, we talked about this on AJ's podcast. Yeah, uh, there you go. 
Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I, it looks like Marilyn Monroe. I, it, there's not <laughs> Virgin Mary. I'm sorry. It, 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 it is still, still okay. It's a grilled cheese that looks like Marilyn Monroe. Sure, that could be in the casino too. It actually makes more sense if you think about it. Right. Uh, and yes, Glee did air an episode called Grilled Jesus where, uh, where Finn is making his grilled cheese sandwich, takes a bite and looks at it and says, oh my God, it's Jesus in my grilled cheese. <laughs> and he prays to it and he... Uh, you know, he promises that he'll never uh, uh, take part in self-abuse again if he just lets him <laughs> pass the test. Or <laughs> but by the end of the episode, he decides to eat the sandwich. So nice. Means we are down. Funny how every episode we seem to come down to one yes, one no. Oh, right. Monty Hall, how do you ever do this each and every episode? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is where we go. And no, you don't get to switch. That's not how this show works. So we have. Bongo Java with Mother Teresa. We have Carl Sagan and the Volcano Demon. You have chosen Bongo Java and Mother Teresa as the fiction. And Tim, you have not won this game because that is completely 100% I fell for the neg bait. Oh, Oh, the most plausible sounding one. Yes, this is the famous, infamous nun bun, which I gotta say does (laughs) <laughs> look like Mother Teresa. Uh, <laughs> we'll look it up afterwards. Uh, yeah, uh, they put it in there. They put it in their window, and people started seeing it, and like their business increased the tenfold. And someone got word back to Mother Teresa, and I don't know if you know about Mother Teresa, but she was not a very nice person. <laughs> All the charity stuff aside, she was right. as. Uh, can I say litigious as fuck? Yes, I can. It's my podcast. <laughs> yes. She tried to ruin this stupid little business making, what, $500 a year on, on Mother Teresa <laughs> Dunbun t-shirts. And she wanted her cut. Uh, and she actually, she, I believe she passed away before the thing completely went through the, the legal system. So it became a moot point because uh, I guess her estate could have picked it up and said that she, they still had standing. But, you know, again, come on. Right. Uh, but yeah, got stolen one day and uh, they offered her a reward and never came back and like every couple oh. of years the nashville station will be like hey remember the nun bun we talked to bob bernstein and like he comes to get pokes his head up and goes nope nope don't know where it is some people accused him of stealing it himself and he said why would i steal it myself it's the only thing bringing business it's certainly not the coffee exactly <laughs> which means tim you did not again you son of a bitch now in fairness there is like I said, there are elements of truth to this. First of all, yes, Carl Sagan does have a 1995 book called The Demon Haunted World. That is 100% true. And within it, he does speak all about the genetic rationale, all that stuff. And there is near the B- Bolivian village of Tambo a rock face that kind of looks like a demon, if you look at it the right way. However... It's just a rock face where it looks like a demon. There's never been any story where men went up the side of the volcano, saw the demon face and ran back down and it erupted. The volcano erupted. The lives were saved. That was just me making stuff up. (laughs) But the rock face is there and it does kind of have a kind of scary looking face. No Mm -hmm. more so than you look at a sink and see a smiling face at you. It's just because we see faces everywhere. Right. Man in the moon. That was well written. And very tricky. You said you weren't trying to trick me, and then 
No, I said I was trying to trick you. I just wasn't trying to trick you. There's a difference. <laughs> gotcha. No, the name of the book was Demon Haunted World with a Hyphen. <laughs> right. It was the Demon Haunted World. <laughs> a Demon Haunted World, you fool! Yeah, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nitpick trivia you on that regard, <laughs> right? Because I've been right. burned by that so many times of trivia that I can't <laughs> stand it. Well, Tim, you did not win our game, but I did not. You did win our hearts, I guess. I don't know. Some people might have dug your show, I, I, but that's <laughs> a decent consolation, I suppose. Uh, before I uh, once again kick you from the hot seat. Uh, you know, the floor, as they say, is yours. Feel free to pimp, plug, shout out. I know you mentioned, uh, did you even mention Questionable Company? You mentioned a trivia show. Uh, I don't know if you said the name. In the trivia, trivia company, I did, yeah, Questionable Company is the name of our, of our company. We are uh, currently uh, in Tulsa. But if you are interested in hosting uh, near you, send an email to questionableco at gmail.com and uh, we can get you set up. We are equipped to get you running your own little business, reading trivia questions to buddies at a bar once a week. Um, and we'd love to help you. Also, we have, a, again, a podcast, Trivia Warfare Blitz. Um, we will have new episodes beginning um, next week, which will be the, the drop on Thursday, so it will be uh, on April 14th. We will have new episodes. Um, and uh, continuing every Thursday for the foreseeable future. I love that Tim actually has enough confidence in me that I'll actually have this edited and up by then. But no, I will. I will. I, <laughs> I've been slacking. But again, opening day is right around the corner as we record this. And then I will have a lot more free time. <laughs> it's all about the buildup. All right. About the buildup. Uh, Tim, thank you so much. You've been a pleasure. Now get out of my hot seat. Uh, right. <laughs> For those of you out there, if you would like to engage in conversation, quibble, argue over whether or not I was too mean or too cruel or too tricky, hey, beat my guest, the fans hot seat. It's our Facebook group. You can find us there. You can also just send me an email, themgpod at gmail.com. Or, or if you'd like to help make episodes like this possible in the future by contributing to the cause, we can say no to that. Patreon.com slash beat my guest. That's all I got. I got nothing else to pimp and plug myself except to hope you'll come back next time for another brand new episode. Until then, everybody, thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Facebook at Beat My Guest, the fans' hot seat. If you'd like to help contribute to the cause and help make more episodes possible, we ain't going to say no to that. Find us at patreon.com slash beatmyguest. And if you liked what you heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.